Hello, everybody. My name is Daniel Prince, and I am the host of the Once Bitten podcast. This is a podcast focused on Bitcoin. It's my mission to interview as many people as I can around the different aspects of Bitcoin and help people understand exactly what Bitcoin could mean for them and for their families and for their future. I hope you enjoy the show. Thank you so much for listening. Hey guys, welcome to this edition of the Once Bitten Podcast. Joining me on this rip, Ricky and Laura, the most amazing Bitcoin couple I met in 2022. Oh, that's a big shout. You know, I met Joe and Sophie too, and so many others, including Pierre and Morgan. I love you. Like, there, there, are, there are too many. I love all the Bitcoiners. Uh, Ricky and Laura, we had so much fun with them and the family. Uh, they were with us in Biarritz, caught up again with them in Amsterdam. I was lucky enough to get to Riga. Unfortunately, couldn't take the family, but got to hang out with Ricky and Laura there as well. They have the sexiest accents in the whole of the space, uh, along with Giacomo's. I, I don't know. The Italians have that that wonderful English accent. Uh, so I hope you enjoy this one, this rip with Ricky and Laura, who are going to be filling us in from their travels around the world and the content that they are putting out there to help educate as many people as they can in their special way about Bitcoin. Uh, before we get into the show, please make sure you are supporting the show sponsors. Ricky and I actually share a show sponsor and we give them a lot of shit. Uh, but it's great fun. They're a great team. The Shift Crypto team. Shiftcrypto.ch forward slash bitten. If you use my code, bitten, you will get a 5% discount. You can use Ricky's. Go and go and do your own research. Check Ricky's code. They're a great team. Great product. That's how you take control of your Bitcoin. You get it on the Bitbox 02 and it is cold storage. You are now in control. You have your keys. You will never lose those Bitcoin on an exchange that gets hacked. That's why it's so damn important. Make sure you are stacking as well. Use Bitcoin only companies if you can. That is the most recommended way to do it. You can use Swamp Bitcoin in the US, Relay across Europe and Coin Corner as well across the UK and Europe. If you want to start stacking with those companies, if you want to stack KYC free global peer-to-peer trading platform is hodlhodl.com forward slash bitten that will save you on commissions and your trades so you've got it all there you can stack and you can self-custody what if you want to coin join what if you want to try that out what if you want to try and break some of that uh, kyc that you have on an exchange that you've had signed up to before you can use wasabiwallet.io you literally just go there you download the software you make your own, your first wallet, you record your words, hit receive, and then you pull some Satoshis out of one of those apps or exchanges that you've been using or from another wallet, however you want to do it. Have a play around with it. I found this to be very, very easy. You can listen to my interview with Max Hillebrand and we talk about the coin join wars that are going on and have been going on for a long, long time. So please make sure you do understand that there are other customers, uh, excuse me, are other suppliers out there of this service you can go and check them out you're completely at your will to go and do your own research and it's very much encouraged so with all of that said let's get on to this show with ricky and laura 
because I'm here with two professionals, I, I've hit record straight away. So there's no pre-chat right. or anything. This exactly. Is, this is raw, yeah. raw footage. And Lauren is only just, I told you, do not keep Uncle Ricky and Auntie Laura waiting. What What the hell is going on? Like, Ciao, Lauren. What's up? Good, yeah? Very good. Very, very good. good. Far from home. So come on, what is your question? Don't don't keep these podcasters waiting. Uh, wait a second, wait a second, Prince. Before we go, do you want me to record here on local a wave file that it's going to be better quality for your podcast? Because I can do it. I have all set up. How long is it going to take you? Not, uh, one click. Press record. And here we are. Yay. Oh, look at that. Look, he, he just... He... His Italian accent got a little bit sexier. <laughs> it's actually the Italian filter, it's not the microphone. Italian filter? I need one of those. Oh, yeah. I no. have this, this dumb English filter on mine that, you know, it, if people actually knew how I spoke, they'd never tune into the podcast. It's but okay. Actually, we like you. We like you. We like you that way, Prince C76. <laughs> <laughs> the, the dirty secret is i think you're older than me but we won't go into that <laughs> okay lauren please ask these italian yeah. podcasters the uh the, the question that you've been uh itching to to ask them um what does it feel like to be the um number one podcaster in italy Oh, è fantastico. It's fantastic. <laughs> no, what it what it feels like to be honest with you, I don't know. Uh, I started this uh, almost five years ago. It was a hobby when I started it, and uh, I did it because um, it was Bitcoin is my passion, is what I wanted to teach and learn because it's a never-ending learning process, Bitcoin. And I started because I loved podcasts and I knew I could be good in, in making podcasts. And then it turned out to be a job from day to night, basically. So I never stop thinking about it. It feels good. I mean, look at me. Uh, we are in Guatemala at the moment. We are speaking from Antigua, beautiful old Spanish city here in Central America. And the only reason why we are here is it's thanks to a small podcast in Italian that started five years ago. So the answer is it feels great. Do you ever think that me and my dad are going to be the number one podcast? Like in like British, maybe? <laughs> no, 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 no. There's there, there's once beaten for the Italian speak, speaking folks. So. <laughs> mm. we'll, we'll make it. We'll, we'll make it. We'll, yeah. We'll, we'll, we're the biggest Bitcoin podcast in our town. Yeah. Where we live. Yeah. In France. In France. Yes. <laughs> in in English. In English. In Fran in, in French English. Yeah. You should you should work on your French accent, by the way, Prince. Yeah. I, I try. It's, it's, uh, he, he needs to go to, to school to actually get the accent. 
good, good. You should, so you, should teach, him. you should teach him. You should teach him. Like my parents were like, "Oh, really? just talk more French with us." And then when we're like speaking to them, it always ends up in like English. So <laughs> <laughs> it's like French English. Exactly. So when you want to learn Italian, Lauren, you just go and live with Laura and Ricky and you travel the world with them and they speak to you every day in Italian and you, you, you're done. You don't need to go to school. It's going to be so much fun, Lauren. Can't wait to have you with us. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can't wait. But what if it always ends up in English? I, no. I'm, I'm betting it always ends up okay. in English. <laughs> but anyways, yes, I would love to go do that. Good, Yay. good, good. We wait for you. <laughs> Anyways. Bye. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Ciao. Ciao, ciao Lauren. Yeah. See you soon, See Lauren. See you in Italy. All right, guys. We've got so much to catch up with what yes. you guys have been doing. We miss And you, Princey. Rick is crying every night yes. looking at your picture. <laughs> He's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it has been uh, wonderful fun getting to know you guys over the last yard. It was only end of August. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It feels like so much longer. That's, that's the Bitcoin way. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Long time preference. Time. Bitcoin expand time. I remember actually sitting down next to you one of the panels in Beeritz in the in the English section because uh, neither of us could understand what the hell was going on in the, <laughs> the French, French one <laughs> <laughs> and Ricky you you sneezed and you looked around at me with a cheeky grin on you he's like oh there must be a shit queen around <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, that's one of my punch lines I, I knew we'd be friends <laughs> <laughs> So let's talk about, first of all, like who the hell are you guys? Uh, wh why are you turning up on some British dudes podcast? Uh, and, you know, your, your, your background, what, what led you to Bitcoin? Okay, I start here then. My name is Ricky and I'm an Italian uh, human rights activist and podcaster. I, start, I discovered Bitcoin uh, in 2016 as the most powerful tool to protect human rights and financial freedom all over the world. And when I got into Bitcoin, it took me a while. I had to study hard for a couple of years to fully understand how it worked. But when I did that, I realized I was basically kind of wasting my time lobbying politician and that I would be way much more powerful if I uh, continue with my learning process in Bitcoin and uh, telling people how Bitcoin can be this incredible tool. And I started a, a podcast in Italian. It was actually the first podcast on Bitcoin, Bitcoin only from day one um, in Italian. Uh, that was five years ago now. And that, that's when my journey started. 
Thanks to Bitcoin, I met Laura, that is here in front of me, and together we started this new project in English that is called Bitcoin Explorers. We have a brand new YouTube channel uh, that you should give a look because I think it's coming out pretty good. And we travel the world chronicling Bitcoin adoption, uh, especially in emerging markets. We are currently in Central America, we've been in El Salvador. Salvador for a month living in Bitcoin only and now we just landed in Guatemala. Actually we came by bus but we are in Guatemala. I'm I'm Laura. I was a design and graphic designer when I was a designer and a graphic designer when I discovered Bitcoin. I was working for a company in Hong Kong that paid me in Bitcoin. At the beginning, to me, it was just a payment method, nothing else. I didn't really see the power of this revolution before. But then uh, I discovered this uh, amazing Italian podcast <laughs> and uh, I started to study more about it. And then I obviously fell in love with this technology and it changed everything. Was that company in Hong Kong that was paying you in Bitcoin, Binance, Laura? <laughs> no, but it, was, but it was a full-on shitcoin company. Come totally. on, tell us the truth, Laura. I was trying to be nice here. <laughs> it was a shitcoin company. They taught, me, they taught me a lot of things, but not in the proper way. They didn't tell me what I wanted to hear about decentralization, distribution, power, etc., etc., etc. Only Bitcoin really... Uh, kicked me in the gut. So I quit after I realized that Bitcoin was completely different than anything else. And I'm so glad now that I quit, even though it paid very well. This is the trick that a lot of young people um, usually fall into it because shitcoins pay much better than Bitcoin. So they prefer to go there. And it takes a lot of uh, intellectual honesty to find and follow the right road. Think about it then, she quit her shitcoin job without having another job just because she felt it was the right thing to do. That's why I love her. That's exactly what Bitcoin does with people as well, right? It, it shines that light on your inner self, on your soul, and it's going to elevate all of the good things about you. And this is unfortunate because we see all the shitcoiners if you are wired incorrectly, like Sam Bankman-Fried, for example, the example du jour, uh, it's going to elevate that side of you as well. Uh, so, you know, yeah, it's a it's a perfect sorting tool. I always Ricky, say, what? Mm, sorry, yeah, I, go ahead. No, no, I no, always please. say, I always say, Bitcoin doesn't change people. Bitcoin reveal people. Oh yeah, because there are a lot of people that have the opportunity to choose, but they still choose the shitcoin side. So not all of them will change with Bitcoin. They just reveal themselves. That is so true. Yeah. You, you need to, you need that on a t-shirt. <laughs> we should actually. <laughs> we definitely should. Ricky, I want to, I, I love exploring people's touch points to, to Bitcoin and those journeys that we have pre-Bitcoin that lead us to, to look into the rabbit hole. Uh, and your, your journey in particular is very interesting in the fact that you are a human rights activist. Yeah. How does, what does life look like as a human rights activist? Because that's not, you, you don't apply to human rights activist, Inc. 
you know, and, and draw a salary. Uh, what, how, how did you get into it? What were the kind of conversations you were having and some of the altercations you were having in, um, you know, Parliament and, and, and other places that you would have to go and lobby for, you know, for what you believed in? All right. Uh, so I started many years ago. Uh, I'm a libertarian. I've always been a libertarian. I come from a libertarian family. So politics was part of my life uh, since I was a kid, uh, activism in politics. And then um, uh, I started. Uh, I started actively uh, working with this very small libertarian party in Italy. It's called the Radical Party. Uh, very important. A long history. A small party, but with a very long and very important history in Italy. And I started working with them, spending my time with them, and then eventually uh, I was. A Elected uh, uh, in uh, in uh, their uh, in their top office, uh, and I was running their association in Milan. Uh, I was a secretary of their uh, radical associ association in Milan for a couple of years, the biggest association. And my focus back then were. Um, Drugs. I'm an anti-prohibitionist. I think every drug should be legal. I think, to be honest, I think nothing should should be legal or prohibited. Everything should be managed and regulated. And I started working with drugs, and especially uh, working. Uh, uh, learning how drug cartels all over the world uh, worked and they still works nowadays and how the huge black market in drugs all over the world is giving them basically 80% of their money. So uh, it started as a pure form of activism. I was spending my time there for free and then it became slowly a job uh, and I was uh, hired by uh, this association that it's called Meglio Legale, uh, Better Legal in Italian, that does exactly that, tries to lobby the Italian parliament on uh, legalization, on legalizing first pot, marijuana, but then also step by step, uh, everything else. And I was working in Southern Oregon in the legal marijuana industry when I discovered Bitcoin for the first time. Um, so everything, everything was kind of, I don't know, I don't believe in destiny, to be honest. But when I look at my, at my history, I can see a red line, you know, driving me around this crazy world. And... Um, how it is the world from uh, a human rights activist and lobbyist, hard. Uh, in the first world is hard because uh, most of the people is spoiled and self-centered and uh, politicians are the worst. I had my experience with them. Uh, uh, politics are just broken all over the world. Representative democracy is something we, we all share in the first world. Uh, uh, but it's it's flawed. It's really flawed. Uh, 
everything they do, everything they say, everything they, they, they uh, write, the goal is to reach consensus and be re-elected. They do nothing for the good of, of their people or for their office. And that was, that was a very, how can I say, um, hard lesson to learn because I felt useless speaking to deaf people for so long. And that's probably... That's probably what, when I found and I learned Bitcoin, uh, something clicked in my mind, you know, because I thought, oh my God, this is going to be effective for real. Why? Because it works. It works beside human beings. It works without human beings. Bitcoin reaches consensus autonomously, without us. That's the huge discovery Satoshi Nakamoto did, in my opinion. That's huge, man. And <laughs> Laura, you're listening to this. Uh, how does this all fit into your personal journey? Uh, discovering Ricky's podcast and learning about human rights, learning about Bitcoin, learning politicians are completely and utterly pointless whether that's in Italy or arguably globally. Everywhere, everywhere Wait. then. What okay. I honestly, All right, good. What I honestly about, love about Bitcoin is that it's so different that it just fit with every person need, if you know it well. In mm. my experience... My experience wasn't that intense as Ricky's because I just needed a job. I found this opportunity across from the other side of the world, but it was super hard to be paid because it was super expensive and it could take like a few weeks to be paid from Hong Kong. So they just said, why don't we pay you in Bitcoin? To me, as a super young girl that just got out of the university that was a huge opportunity to you know to find a better job in italy is not that easy to find a job nowadays so i, I saw it and i saw a, a, a huge revolution even without thinking about the politics side or the economic side for me that was a digital revolution and i was in love about it what was the university degree oh, i was design and communication design and do you have hope that so many people coming out of university now are going to discover Bitcoin in the way that you discovered it and just well, get switched onto it? If you do a digital job, for example, if you're a digital nomad, I think the easiest way to work to find clients is just putting a QR code in your website and starting to accept Bitcoin as a payment method. You're you're free to choose who to work with. You're free to accept Bitcoin money from all over the world you can make you know 50 bucks you can work uh you can make a super easy work for someone for just 10 20 50 bucks and be paid from australia india wherever you want you know this is something you couldn't do before if you had a client from abroad it could it must have been a, a really big client big money now you can just accept money from all over the world i think this is a revolution for young people but they have obviously to work in the digital environment i cannot say you my friend that works at the bread shop under my house could take an advantage from bitcoin yet mm -hmm. 
Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, let's hope that digital revolution keeps rolling on. Uh, you know, the, the countries now are trying to phase out their digital nomad schemes. And it gets me wondering as to why. Uh, are they onto something, Ricky? Uh, have they uh, have they seen the gig is up? Ha, ah, that's a tough one, Dan. I don't know. Depends. Uh, um, we're seeing countries uh, that uh, that initially profit a lot on Bitcoiners, like, for example, Pro uh, Portugal, now trying to crack down with taxes and stuff like that. To be honest with you, it's hard to say if they are just cashing in uh, or if there is an underlying scheme in that. Uh, probably it's above my, what is happening, it's above us. It's very hard to tell. But listen, uh, think about it. We are talking about first world country. All the countries that most of the countries that are cracking down are uh, first world countries. And I mean, we had to expect something like this to happen from the old Europe. Uh, the game we are playing, the field we are playing this game in are the emerging markets. And the more I travel, the more I realize that... Uh, Bitcoin is going to change the world when we will uh, onboard Africa, Central America, Southern America, India, 1.5 billion, billion people, India only. Uh, it's so early, Dan. It's so early. And you guys, I know you've been in El Salvador uh Previously, you, you spent a month there living on uh, purely Bitcoin and yep. you've been back very recently. You were there for adopting Bitcoin and you've been traveling around and doing all that good stuff. And you sent me the the little video clip that you did earlier about visiting the the shanty town or the favela, uh, the slum, you know, choose whatever word that you want to um, describe those places. Did you go together or did you go alone, Ricky? No, I got uh, no, no, no. I went there alone. Laura, you felt it was too dangerous for you to join. I honestly felt like I would attract a lot of attention, maybe as a girl, maybe as a tourist, as a you know, white girl. I just didn't feel like going. But after when Ricky came back, he assured me that it was super safe, that we should probably go back maybe with a group with other Bitcoiners, other people, other other tourists. So it was just... Uh... It was a first then. As far as I'm aware, I am the first Bitcoiner that, that visit those areas in the country. They are called the comunidades, uh, communities uh, in El Salvador. That's the, that's the name they use for slums. Did you feel, I, I know you said a little bit about this on your video, you, you don't like poverty porn was the, 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 the term you used. Yeah. And there, there's a whole industry out there. There's a poverty tourism industry. It's just absolutely despicable and disgusting. And for anybody that doesn't know what that is, please don't ever like, you know, just go and visit these places and pay people to to go and see them. 
Um, that's clearly the side of the fence you were sat on before something or somebody convinced you to go and have a look and and experience it for yourself. So how did how did that mind shift happen for you? And then we'll get into you know what yeah. you experienced. So uh, I, I I thought about visited uh, I, I thought about visiting those areas for a long time because I thought that uh, it's important to learn uh, what's going on among extreme poor people. We're talking about extreme poverty. Uh, but then uh, I, I, I always thought to do it privately because as, as you said, I don't like poverty porn. But at the same time, uh, uh, during this uh, last visit in El Salvador, I've been talking to a lot of Bitcoiners. A lot of them came uh, for adopting Bitcoin and uh, something, something weird happened. I had this conversation with several Bitcoiners, of course, all of them coming from Europe, from Canada, from the US, uh, uh, first, what we call the first world. And um, uh, usually Bitcoiners, when they visit El Salvador, they tend to stay in San Salvador, the city capital, and in the best and richest areas of the city, or they tend to go uh, to the Bitcoin beach, to El Zonte, which is full of very nice, fancy hotels. Uh, uh, it's getting the m more and more civilized and uh, touristic attractions. And I, uh, I started to understand that, that this uh, perspective they had uh, on El Salvador was misleading because everyone keeps saying, yeah, but this is not a really poor country. Come on, look around you. This is simple people, no? Come on. Um, and that, that, that was shocking to me because I realized most of the people, most of us, uh, when we travel this country, uh, we see the girl uh, uh, selling papuzas at the corner of the street and we think she's poor, while she's not. She runs a business here. She's middle class in this country. Nobody sees the poor. And uh, I mean, Official data, 26% of Salvadorian live uh, under the extreme poverty line, uh, which is $5.5 uh, a day. That's 1.7 million people then. It's a lot. And so I thought, uh, let's see if I can visit, if I can speak with the locals, um, if I can shoot some footage, some videos, and make something out of it. And I selected the only best, the, the, only the best video and the more dignified video I could, I, I, I could shoot there because I don't want to do, as I said, poverty porn. But at the same time, if we think El Salvador is an okay country, well, guys, someone has to tell you that it's not. 
and to show you that there is a huge chunk of the population that lives in tin barracks with nothing, with no uh, running water, no electricity almost, uh, most of the times, no, no sewage. Child labor is everywhere. Drug addiction is everywhere. El Zonte is not El Salvador. Wow. And Laura, when you when when Ricky got back and, and you, you sat down and you, you obviously edited the videos together, what was your takeaway? Well, uh when you ask to Salvadorans, especially the ones that don't accept Bitcoin, why they don't accept Bitcoin, they say that they don't like Bitcoin, they don't like Bitcoiners, they don't like what Bitcoiners are doing in this country, how they act, what they tell. And, you know... They don't like some Bitcoiners, They don't like not some Bitcoiners, Bitcoiners, exactly. And you, you're like... That's kind of true. I can I can, I don't obviously agree with them, but I understand their point of view because coming here saying that you're investing in the country or you're helping Salvadorans while you're renting a villa and in a zonte which is owned probably by by a super rich Salvadoran, so maybe not even by a Salvadoran, that is not investing in the country. That is not helping people through Bitcoin. So I think what Ricky did is super important to see and to realize that if we want to help these people, we should start from those kind of people. We should start from, from the poor. If, if, if someone comes in El Salvador and wants to invest in Bitcoin, you should also invest on the well, on the earth and on the wellness of these kind of people because then it comes back to you if you want to come here and if you want to stay here. So it's not even just giving your money away. You can even be selfish. Helping them is being selfish. You can do that because helping them means that you will live a better life, you know, also. Um, there is a, uh, I would love to expand on this a little bit because sometimes Bitcoiners from some Salvadorians Uh, they are accused of uh, uh, technological colonialism, a new form of colonialism. And they are accused of gentrification. Um, I don't know if this is true, but for sure, for example, uh, huge areas like, like El Zonte uh, are being gentrified uh, recently. Uh, I have friends that are working in El Salvador uh, as real estate agents agents, properties around the Bitcoin beach are ridiculously expensive now. I'm talking about uh, USA prices. So, of course, a lot of the local left El Zonte because they cannot afford anymore to stay in El Zonte. Uh, that's a very complex problem. Someone called this process gentrification, as I said. Uh, I don't know if there is a solution to it. Um, sometimes I think this is just how things go uh, when uh, new money come in a country that it's not used to have an income of liquidity like this country and specific areas of this country, though not all the countries, specific areas of the country are having recently. Um, but the, the problem is another. 
Uh, and I, I, I hope I, I showed it in my vlog uh, from uh, uh, the Comunidades in San Salvador. We don't have to make the mistake of forgetting about those people and forget it and forget about the slums and the and, and those areas of the country because that's dangerous um, after a couple of days i toured in this uh, i visited specifically two communities a community that is called uh, ciudad de dios that stands on an old garbage dump basically they they used and collected uh, what they could could find in the garbage dump to build a village um, and another community called the Santa Lucia, and that's known to be the, the den of the criminal gangs, where the criminal gangs lived and hide. Now it's safe to go there because, as you probably know, uh, El Salvador uh, has a special laws into place, and uh, after a, a new war against gangs started back in April, uh, they cracked them down very aggressively. So the, now it's safe, kind of safe to, to go in those zones. I was escorted, of course, by locals. It's not something you still can do by your own. Uh, I had a guide from the streets uh, that knew um, what I could do and what I, uh, and what I could not do. But a couple of days after my visit, uh, the country clo completely closed the area using 10,000 uh, uh, military, basically, and uh, searched the, the community of Soyapango, that it's the municipality where these slums are. Soyapango, it's very close to San Salvador, 300,000 people. Um, they closed down the entire uh, city and searched house by house to arrest the last gangsters that were still hiding and, uh, um, in there. And there's a lesson here, though, Dan, I think, because um, the crime in El Salvador thrives on poor people. They live in the comunidades. They sell drugs in the comunidades. They recruit the new gangster among the poorest people of the country. So every Bitcoiner's that come to El Salvador to live, every entrepreneur that come in El Salvador to invest, they must understand that in their business plan, there has to be something to make the lives of those people better. Because if we don't, if we forget about them, Gangs are coming back in this country again and again and again. The military uh, repression is a short-term solution. If you don't make a better life for those people, if we don't give them opportunities, they're going to be victim of the crime and crime is going to keep growing. So if we want, as Bitcoiners, a safe El Salvador, we have to address that issue first.
Otherwise, if we lock up in our digital golden towers, ooh, I don't know what is going to happen. Man. It makes you realize as well that you can go in and arrest as many people as you want and throw them in jail. There's still someone's brother or cousin or son and that is going to breed resentment on a grander scale and just kick off the same kind of problems again. So I, I get exactly what you're saying. Now we get, we're going to circle back around to politicians because obviously this is uh, uh, where you used to work in, in human rights activism, uh, fighting for the people such as you just uh, described against the politicians who are making draconian rules or uh, displacing them with uh, with with you know like projects that are lining their own pockets, you know whatever it might be. Bukele, what 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 is your thoughts on uh, on President President Bukele and what he's done and how he's done it? Obviously, Bitcoiners uh, were were very much divided along the lines of <laughs> you cannot force upon anybody uh, anything especially a currency which was in many people's view a a mistake to do from from the very get-go uh laura, laura if you if you have anything to add before ricky goes ranting then uh, <laughs> <laughs> well uh just super short it's not about bukele it's about what ricky said before that for helping this kind of people we all know bitcoin is a super easy technology there are a lot of people in that community that is trying to help uh, the people they're giving away their house for free they're spending their own money to buy food and water to these people so we, we what we should do is just trying to orange peel them make them download a bitcoin wallet make them open a gazer fund account a funding account on the internet and just sending them money bitcoin is legal tender there and they can spend those, they can exchange them into dollars. Obviously, they can spend them, but that's a starting point. So let's not forget what Bitcoin technology is about. Yeah, um, money, Bitcoins are not enough. Sometimes they need projects. Uh, it's complex, guys. We are not, we are not uh, solving this today uh, at once bit in podcast, unfortunately. But <laughs> <laughs> it's very good. I think it's important to talk about it. Uh, for what concerns Bukele, then listen, I like to call myself a, a, a cypherpunk. I think code is low and therefore I think Bitcoin is low itself since Bitcoin is code. Uh, I really believe we don't need politicians. Uh, Bitcoin doesn't have, doesn't need to be legal tender. That said, of course, what's going on in here in El Salvador is very interesting. And that's why my first trip here in the country was like 10 weeks after the, the, the law uh, was put into effect. So it's very interesting. At the same time, though, as, a, as Bitcoiners, I don't think we should get involved in politics. I don't like when uh, uh, Bitcoiners do uh, 
cam campaign for Bukele. I don't like Bitcoiners wearing Bukele 24 hats. I've seen plenty of those uh, ads adopting Bitcoin in El Salvador. I don't like super famous, uh, allegedly Bitcoiner yelling Bukele, Bukele, chanting Bukele, Bukele in every speech they make. I don't like when they hit the stage and tell that Bukele should be president of the world and that I, uh, he's starting a new renaissance here in El Salvador. I think Bukele is a smart guy. I think he's a politician, not a Bitcoiner. I don't think the two things are compatible, if you, if you ask me. Uh, I think he knows what he's doing very well. I think he knows how to, how to use social media very well. And at the same time, I don't think, so I don't think we should trust him. I don't trust Bukele as I don't trust any other politician. Why? Because they have their own agenda. And if Bitcoin is in their agenda now, it's because, it's because it, they can take advantage of it. When that opportunity ends, Bitcoin is going to be out of their agenda from day to night. Period. That's not Bukele. That's any politician all around the world. At the same time, I don't think Bukele should be called out as a dictator. Uh, we travel this uh, country extensively. He truly has a huge support among of the population. And, uh, and a, a dictator is something that uh, we know very well. And Bukele at the moment let's see what he's going to do in the next years, uh, he's not acting as a dictator here in this country. At the same time, we should, we should, keeping, we should keeping on check. We should uh, criticize. Fuck, criticism is useless. It, sorry, criticism is useful last time I checked. Criticism <laughs> is what makes you grow. So I don't like fanboys and I think we need voices against Bukele that keeps him in check. For example, we just talked about the gangs, right? Um, you, don't, you don't solve the problem of the gangs in this country uh, responding to violence with violence, right? A huge de debate popped out in our, in our community after uh, Alex Gladstein uh, from the Human Rights Foundation uh, um, exposed the human rights, human rights violations that are happening in the, in the prisons here in El Salvador against those people. Keep in mind, they're not gangsters, they are people. And if you want human rights to be respected in your country, you should be the first to respect human rights. And at the same time, the debate was kind of annoying because we had 
Alex Gladstein, Alex Gladstein uh, denouncing the violation and Bitcoin fanboys or Bukele fanboys yelling, oh, but now, now El Salvador is a safe country. You, we had to hit them hard. You don't live here. You are a spoiled brat from the first world. I mean... Nobody is right or wrong in this debate. Nobody has the truth. But that's a debate. So in order to have a debate, you need two opposite voices. So I stand with Alex on this. I'm not friend with Alex. Eh? We, we met once briefly one year ago in, in New York, but I read and, and I like your, his work. Um, and I stand with him because we need a voice that speak out about human rights, human rights violations against inmates, against prisoners here in this country. Because if there are human rights violation, someone should say it loud. We don't have to be afraid of the truth. Why we are lying as Bitcoiners? Why we are lying? I don't get it. Laura. <laughs> I just on, add a cheesy phrase. I, 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 I was going to, to ask you to bring this closer to home because Italy has just seen a change in their leader. Oh, How yeah. How has that sat with... With with your generation of people and what what do you what's the vibe that you're getting, and then we'll kick it back to to Ricky. I would just say that social media are amazing sometimes, but they're very bad <laughs> many uh, most of the time. Because what I see on what I see about uh, Giorgia Meloni, we can say his, her name on Twitter, you know, you just take those 50 seconds, you watch it, you might even think that she's right, you know, because you only take 15 seconds of a person public in public, which is even very good in speaking, and you might think, oh, she's right, she is great. You just don't take the whole history of her um, of her, of her party, etc., etc. So... I totally agree with Ricky. I've never been a fan of politicians. I will never be and I will never ever repost a politician speech on my Twitter if I don't know them well, if I don't know who are they from, if I don't know what they're actually doing in the country and for the country. So this is a invite to every Bitcoiners. Yeah. To do. But there's a funny story there, uh, there then, though, because a speech, uh, a, a small part of a speech uh, from Giorgio Meloni, the new prime minister in Italy, got extremely viral among uh, Bitcoiners because she sounded like she was talking against the, the euro and against the, the central bank, European central bank. Super viral. And that's how sometimes social media, they make us dumb. Because Giorgio Meloni, 
She is super statist. The most statist prime minister probably we had in recent Italian history. The first thing she did once appointed uh, was saying out loud, we are part of the European Union, we, are, we support the European Union, we support the, the, the European Central Bank, our currency is the euro. She appointed as economic minister in Italy, Mario Draghi right arm. So she is the opposite of what Bitcoiners thought, fools Bitcoiner thought she might, she might be. But when she did that, something of what she did went viral? No. Because we are, we, we, the only thing we know how to do recently is to click on retweet. And we don't read. And we don't learn. Uh, Giorgia Meloni is super statist, the, a child of the European Union, and this, 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 her parliament just did a law on cryptocurrency that it's a mess. So. All right. So let's bring it back to El Salvador and Chivo Wallet. Mm. We love it. Interesting topic. Who wants wants to go first? The the floor is open. Well, I will just say that Chivo, who who doesn't know, is the state app that the government gave to Salvadorans one year ago, incentivizing them to downloading by a $30 airdrop. So if you were Salvadorian, you will download the Chivo app and register yourself with the Salvadoran ID. You would receive $30 in Bitcoin, which you could uh, exchange them into dollar, dollar and sell them and blah, blah, blah. They also put a lot of Chivo, which are Chivo ATM, which are... Bitcoin ATM that you can find basically everywhere in the big city around El Salvador. And what is cool about Chivo is that you can exchange immediate, you can actually receive Bitcoin, accept Bitcoin, but receive dollar. So Chivo is giving a wallet to a lot of people. We, we have to say that uh, Salvador is a place where 80% of Salvadorans have no wallet. So that you, it's, it's cool for this. Also, you can add your bank account if you have it. You can use it through telephone numbers. So you can send money to your friends through cell telephone number thanks to Chivo. The point is that it's very bad. It's a very bad application. It doesn't work. It didn't work most of the time. Now it got so much better. People think they're making Bitcoin transaction while the transaction just get lost nowhere. You need to call the Chivo assistant to, to know where your money is. It's a mess. So the wrong side about Chivo is that people don't can't tell the, th- the difference between Chivo and Bitcoin. So when they see that Chivo doesn't work very well, they think that Bitcoin doesn't work very well. Chivo is the most... 
uh, is the biggest uh, obstacle for the Bitcoin adoption yeah. here in this country. Yeah, uh, we came back after one one year. You mentioned it uh, before. One year ago, we traveled the country 45 days, no cash, no credit cards, Bitcoin only, and we came back uh, a month ago to do the very same experience uh, once again after one year. And uh, as we documented in our vlogs uh, on YouTube, uh, adoption is worse, much worse. We are hitting the very same spots. We knew they were accepting Bitcoin one year ago because we were there. And 70% of them, they don't accept Bitcoin anymore. And that is why when you ask them, uh, Uh, they answer, usually they answer two things. First, nobody's asking to pay in Bitcoin. Uh, not enough volume then. Uh, and that's kind of understandable though, then if you think about it. Uh, in Bitcoin, uh, in El Salvador, they have the US dollar, right? Everyone in the emerging markets wants the US dollars. They, they buy dollars on the black market uh, for twice their value in Nigeria, in Venezuela, in, uh, in Argentina. These guys here in El Salvador, they receive dollars in their salary. So they don't live under a hyperinflating currency and they don't feel the need to use Bitcoin as an alternative to solve that problem. So that's kind of understandable on, on one side. On the other side though, this is a cash-based society. Though, so they might benefit from a payment system that it's fully digital because it's safer, because it's faster, because it can be easier. Well, easier than cash, I don't know, but um, there, are, there, there are advantages. But the other thing they tell you, the other reason why they don't accept Bitcoin anymore is it, Bitcoin is too complex. Now, Let's think about it one second. How can Bitcoin be too complex? Think about it then. A new uh, Bitcoin wallet, Moon, Blue, a wallet of Satoshi, it's way much easier than the PayPal app. Way much easier. So how can Bitcoin be too complex for them? It's not. It's Chivo that it's complex. Chivo is, is full of bugs. Uh, sometimes your transaction, they disappear and nobody knows where they went. Uh, the lightning network, lightning payments are not that reliable and kind of slow. Uh, On-chain transaction are slow. They don't give you your private key. Probably it's a spyware. Here people, uh, it's kind of not super trusty on every government. This president is Bukele, but they got hurt by governments. Eh? 13 years of civil war, four super corrupted president that basically sent the country into bankrupt. So they don't love the government here. And this is a problem because when uh, Bukele announced the Bitcoin law, he also announced, I, I'm quoting him, 
an army of teachers that are gonna teach Bitcoin to the population, right? You can find this speech on YouTube. How many teachers Bukele delivered? Zero. The only associations that are doing grassroots education in this country are private education. And they do that, yes, of course, with the consent of the government. But Bukele failed in, uh, uh, in uh, providing a decent ed education among the Salvadorian people. And by saying this, I'm just telling the truth. I'm not being an anti-Bitcoin, anti-Bukele propaganda guy. It's just the truth. So we should say it. And we should criticize the guy when he fuck it up. Because that's how we pressure him in order to make things better. Because the Bitcoin law in El Salvador is far from perfect. Another risk of... To... Another risk, uh, sorry, to add, uh, to um, put the... Ooh to put uh, politics and Bitcoin together is that you can find the super pro people on Bitcoin, super excited about Bitcoin, they love Bukele, they love Bitcoin, then they take out the Chivo wallet, they can't tell the difference between a dollar QR code, a Bitcoin QR code, a Lightning QR code. So this is another risk. You have people liking Bitcoin just because they like Bukele, but they have no idea how Bitcoin and works. And the opposite, people that could help hating Bitcoin just because they hate Bukele. This is what happens when you mix politics with Bitcoin. I was going to say, uh, it, it's almost as if a centrally planned government mandated project turned out to be shit. Yeah. <laughs> surprise, surprise, thought? right? Yeah. <laughs> Who would have thought? But uh, they need education. And when they're going to have education, listen to this then. Uh, I think what they're going to face in this country is a choice that we are all going to face very soon because they're going to be forced to decide between the state-owned centralized uh, uh, digital wallet called Chivo or an open source, uh, harder maybe to use because Chivo, uh, you can tie your bank account to your Chivo account, you can pay giving someone only your telephone number. Uh, some, some things are very easy to do on Chivo and you're never gonna have, have that kind of integration uh, in open source wallet here. But they're going to face the choice between a centralized wallet and an open source wallet. And that's the same choice we're going to have to face when we will be called to choose between a CBDC and Bitcoin. This is what Chivo is, a CBDC made on Bitcoin. What I mean, we should, before we put a pin in this, you mentioned all of the education hopes that are being done on the island are being driven by private entities. And yeah. we, we have to 
give a shout out to to Mike and uh, Chimbera down at Hope House for everything that, that they've been doing down in the Elizonte. And they've got their own wallet, right? As far as I'm aware, the Bitcoin Beach wallet, yes. which, which people can use. And I'm sure they're going around and helping those people that are in need that are perhaps perplexed with, with Chivo wallet and the way it's working. Uh, you know, how can Bitcoiners that are listening to this and, and they want to help, how can they get there and uh, and help? You yeah, know, is is that the first point of contact to get to yeah. Mike and Chimbera? And- I don't, I, I don't know. Um, I don't know. Uh, of course, big shout out to Mike and to the Bitcoin Beach guys. Uh, but the adoption at the Bitcoin Beach is not perfect either. A lot of people don't accept Bitcoin at the Bitcoin Beach, and very little Salvadorian understand Bitcoin in El Zonte at the Bitcoin Beach. So even there, there is so much work to do. If you ask me, the real shutout has to be done to the guys of Mi Primer Bitcoin or My First Bitcoin. Is a private association that it's teaching, uh, uh, that it's doing what they call Bitcoin diploma in, at the moment, seven high school all over the country to kids. And they organize private courses deep in the countryside all over the country to very poor and very simple people. And they are all activism. If you go on their website, you can download the book, the textbook, the first textbook uh, on Bitcoin in the history of the world. That's kind of historic. I showed it in the first, for the first time uh, during my speech at Baltic Honey Badger. And that's something really historical. So these guys are providing free education to who needs it everywhere in the country. Uh, my pre- me Premier Bitcoin, my first Bitcoin. I think in this moment, uh, they are doing the best and the most effective work on, uh, on, uh, on the ground here in El Salvador. In my opinion, much better than what the guys at the B Beach are doing. But it's not a competition. There, there is, I mean, there is space for everyone. We need them all and we need more. So uh, another French project uh, called Découvrir Bitcoin recently uh, came to the country and did uh, and is doing courses to kids. And that's good. It's not about us. It's not about Bitcoin Beach versus Mi Premier Bitcoin. No, this is just human beings being human beings. And we don't need human beings. We need more people, no jealousy. There's a lot of work to do here. So everyone is welcome. And you can donate your Satoshi to any project because there's so much lack of education that what we are doing right now, even if it's great, it's just a drop in the ocean. In, uh, In six months, the guys of Mi Premier Bitcoin, they expanded the Bitcoin diploma from zero to seven school. Great. 
but we need 500. Absolutely. Laura, did you have anything to add before uh, I move on to the next question? Well, you know, uh, Bitcoin is inevitable. It will happen uh, eventually. It's not like us giving more education to, to people will help the Bitcoin adoption. It's just deciding when and where and how. It's like teaching the internet to people in the 80s. Internet would have come anyway, so it's our... It's our responsibility just to help, just to help and onboard more people as soon as possible, so they can um, enjoy the, the Bitcoin revolution just faster. Nice shout out for Roxy there as well. Yeah. Yes. Great guy. Yeah. Great guy. I interview. We interview him on our on our on our vlog. Uh, there is one episode of the vlog called Education. Is episode number three. If you want to see with your own eyes what's going on there and the, uh, and know the faces of the people that is working on grassroots education in El Salvador, don't miss it. And to come back around to something that Laura mentioned earlier, if you do have a Bitcoin project, an educational project, and you, you do need some kind of funding for it, just list yourself on Geyser, G-E-Y-S-E-R. I had Mick, founder of Geyser, on just like a handful of episodes ago, so go and listen. And if you listen on Fountain, any sats that you stream whilst you're listening, go straight to Geyser Fund as well. So it's it's just... There's so much work being done. I, I don't want anybody to feel down that there is so much great work being done out there. So many projects, are, you know, grassroots stuff as well that's happening in this crypto winter, this bear market, all in air quotes. Uh, but before we move like uh, into the final part of the episode and ask you the uh, the final question, I want to focus a little bit on... Uh, where you are now, and then uh, I'm going to ask you a, a few questions around uh, Italy. So where are you now, and what is the the plan for the next uh, you know, four to six weeks? We are in Guatemala. We spent a few days in Guatemala City. We are now in, we are now in Antigua. It's a super, a super beautiful city here in Guatemala. Next is the Bitcoin Lake, which is another project that was born, I think, one year ago, very similar to the Bitcoin Beach. After it, we're going to Tikal, Mayan ruins. It's going to be it's going to be amazing. Our goal to be here, honestly, is uh, trying to realize if it's better to have uh, an organic adoption, like the one that you have in Guatemala, where the politics don't really like Bitcoin. They're doing nothing to help the education here, the adoption here. But still, you have some, we call them heroes there are still already accepting Bitcoin and um, engaging with the community and helping the community with no help from the bottom or a legal tender like, like El Salvador. We are going to do this in Guatemala now. We are going to do this in Costa Rica, in Panama and Honduras. Let's, let's see. Yeah, um, in Costa Rica there's the Bitcoin jungle. In Honduras uh, there are these free cities uh, uh, like Prospera where a lot of Bitcoin 
Joyner are working on experiments or on of alternative economy. And then Panama, I'm curious to see what's going on in Panama, uh, that it's a big crypto <laughs> hub. They have this crypto blockchain law. And I think it's going to be interesting to speak with the locals and understand how Bitcoin is doing in such a different environment uh, from the one uh, we are traveling through. Uh, it's going to be more a couple of months of trip. Okay, we're going to chronically chronicle everything on our vlogs. And yeah, yeah uh, travel logs uh, on Bitcoin, giving tips to anyone uh, who wants to spend Bitcoin in this country and showing them why we should come here and visit and support these people. Uh, who accepts who accept Bitcoin in Guatemala, for example, they are heroes and pioneers on the frontier. Yeah, absolutely. Now, so once you get back to Italy, I'm curious, what's the first thing you're going to go and eat? Pizza, obviously. No, pizza. Oh, come on. What oh, are you eating? I, I want a decent pasta. Well, we can have both. <laughs> it's going to be a carb night. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. We, we, we can't just leave it at that. We've got to dig a little bit deeper. Ricky, what would the pasta dish be? Oh, pasta. Listen, pasta is one of the best thing of being in Ita an Italian. It's such a simple dish because with the same with the same base material, you can do it in all sort of spectacular way. Um, I don't know. It's uh, it's gonna be. Uh, I think we're gonna be home uh, early February, so it's gonna be cold. So I would go with uh, pasta with potato and beans. That's delicious. Oh my God, that is a carb fest. Isn't yes, it? You know, yeah. yes, <laughs> and it's and it, and it's and it's not dry because the uh, when uh, when you cook them for a long time, the the potatoes and the beans they melt in this creamy sauce. Oh my God, I'm having an erection. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Only Italians could talk this about This show potatoes. is not for kids, right? So I gotta ask, would you home make the pasta or would you go to a, a specialized store? Like, you know, what, what, what are you going to do here? We are lazy, lazy, lazy Italians. Yeah. We're going to buy a good one, but it's not going to yeah. be handmade by us at least. Nobody does homemade pasta anymore. I mean, unless you don't have a restaurant or you really, 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 really love cooking. It has to be your number one passion. But we have top quality industrial uh, uh, pasta that it's not Barilla. Don't buy Barilla. Don't buy Barilla. Stack sats, don't buy Barilla. <laughs> <laughs> another t-shirt another t-shirt <laughs> yes <laughs> okay laura pizza i i i almost don't want to delve into the uh because i know you and ricky are probably going to have opposing views on this <laughs> uh, what what pizza are you going to order 
when you're back in wait, wait are you going to be back to milan or are you going to be back to venice uh, there I milan ask. milan home base is milan yeah home base in okay. milan then i will surely going to visit my family in venice so but home base will be in milan okay so you're you're back in milan yes and what the what's the pizza, pizza you order i have to be honest i'm a huge margarita pizza fan which is the basic. When when the pizza is good, margarita is just the best. But I also eat pizza with veggies. I want to tell you why, because we are in a Bitcoin show and I can't say that I'm we a We should, vegetarian. we should, we should. We need more <laughs> yeah. vegetarian maximalists. I'm a proud vegetarian maximalist. Guys, come out from the shade. I know you are there. <laughs> this all meat stuff, it's bullshit. It's not bullshit, but anyone is free to eat whatever <laughs> exactly. they want. Exactly. It's a matter of freedom, right? So you, that's what you're going with? That there's there's no uh, swaying your opinion, and it's all right. No, Love no it. pizza veggie, yeah. Okay, guys. Well, I got to ask you the last question then. If you had one last orange pill to give to somebody, who would you give it to, and why? I never heard this question before. I thought you listened to the show, you motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> you go first, Laura. Oh my God, this is a, st- a, a tough one. Uh, you cut it, right? Now you have like one minute. No, to no, you it. have to go die. Come on, you knew it. This was coming. There, then there's a, there's a no edit. There's a no edit rule on the uh, on the once bitten podcast. Uh, other than technical difficulties. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so you do you want me? Do you want me to go first? I will be selfish. I will give it to my grandma because she watches too much TV. She thinks Bitcoin is a scam. She's super worried for me. She calls me like once a month asking me if I'm okay because she heard a lot of bad news about Bitcoin. So Ricky. I will give it to her. I will. She heard, she heard a lot of bad news about Ricky. I, I, that's what I <laughs> also, this is this is why Grandmammy is very, very worried, Lara. Uh, th- this is the problem. She she remembers him from his human activist days. Maybe and, she saw uh, a video about Ricky and she never told me. That's what's now, that worried. Yeah. And now she sees like uh, her her daughter, uh, her granddaughter's boyfriend, hooning around in the favelas in El Salvador. <laughs> of course, she's worried. Exactly, you know. <laughs> So you want my? She's super worried. (laughs) Yeah, that's 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 what that's what. Yes, she's so skinny. That's what grandmommy is really worried about. (laughs) (laughs) Could be. All right, Ricky. One. It's my turn. One last orange peel. I would give my last orange peel to Pope Francis the Second, because once is going to realize Bitcoin. For sure, he will resign because religion is fiat. <laughs> He's going to cut the podcast. <laughs> that, that, that's, that's awesome. Now, like, now I'm a vegetarian, not like that, that bad, right? Say it again. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, if only Canute were here right now. And... <laughs> We, uh, we salute him, by the way. Ciao, Canute. 
yeah. would uh all right yeah no yeah well, well that would send an orange cloud up from the chimney of the vatican wouldn't it that would be hey, the, hey. Uh, the way to uh to yeah, orange they- pill those people around rome and who who know maybe who knows maybe the entire building is gonna collapse. <laughs> it's built on suffering and war and torture and fiat money. Yes, lots of fiat money or, or lots of gold plundering. Oh yeah, oh yeah, 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 and oh that it's a huge, huge chapter and. Uh, uh, and it's the worst, uh, the Vatican state is the worst state of it all. Well, on that bombshell, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> is there, what, what, what's the best way for the, the plebs out there to, to reach out to you guys? And is there any way they can help? Uh, are you looking for um, any support or is there anything that uh, some of the plebs might be able to reach out and, and help you with? Yeah. Just- um, so, of course, we are on Twitter. Uh, my my Twitter handle is Ricky6, R-I-K-K-I-6-I-X-X. Laura? I'm Lorin Aura. And uh, that's the easiest way. Um, we are very fortunate. Uh, we have sponsors that believe and support our work. So we don't really ask for tips from Bitcoiners, uh, uh, but we have a new, as I said, uh, we just started a new English only YouTube channels. We are the Bitcoin explorers. And what we can ask to Bitcoiners out there, to the plebs, check out of our work. If you like it and if you think it's useful, just share it. Share it. We are legion, guys. And give feedback, anything you think we could do better, etc., etc. It would be great. And how's your year looking next year, conference-wise? Where am I going to run into you? Ah, pro- probably everywhere. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> a lot of. Actually, they're starting to be too many. But uh, I don't know. Uh, f- for sure, the Europeans one, maybe the Americans one. I would love, though, to get far away. I've heard there is a new conference in Vietnam I would love to attend, for example. India just organized a, a first Bitcoin conference in in Goa, I would love to go there next year. Australia. Australia, mm. yes, Australia. Ah, we are so many and the world is so big. And in that case, we're going to ask for tips. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Australia is expensive. Australia is exactly. expensive. Uh, business class flights might uh, <laughs> be very handy. Oh, yeah, especially. That, that's us, no? Only business class. Of course, uh, of course. See. We, we are plebs, uh, Dan, not like you. We take the chicken buses to go around. <laughs> not like me. What are you talking about? <laughs> I, I, I bring the wife and kids. I, I've got uh, at least five people in tow as well. Oh, to, uh, come on. Everyone knows that you live in France, uh, sipping champagne and swallowing oysters. Uh, you, you've, you've, <laughs> you've, you've outed me once more. <laughs> <laughs> All I right, can guys, wait to see you, bro, though. Thank you very much for having us. It's always fun to talk with you and be with you. Thank you so yeah. much, Daniel. 
Thank you. Thank you for coming on. I'm gonna hit. I'm gonna hit stop now, and then we can. Uh, like, or, uh, like always, the best conversation is gonna happen in about the next fifteen minutes behind <laughs> behind the stop button. <laughs> Take care, guys. Catch you later. Ciao, bro. Ciao. Ciao. Well, guys, again, Ricky and Laura, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for everything you are doing to spread the message of Bitcoin. Thank you, Ricky, for going out and braving that uh, favela, that slum, uh, call it what you will, uh, in in El Salvador. I urge everybody to go and watch that vlog and and to follow the whole vlog series. We've been watching it ourselves as uh, as a family, and it's very special uh, for us to to see Ricky and Laura doing this, having got to have known them as, as well as we have in the last six months or so. So if you didn't know who these guys were, hopefully you do now. Please make sure you're following. Please make sure you're reaching out. And they might turn up in a country near you. And uh, go, go go meet them. Go hang out and have some, some laughs. As you can tell, they are very, very jovial, young, and energetic people. Uh, I can't wait to hang around with you guys again in 2023. So... Thank you, coming on. Uh, thank you again for coming on the show. Uh, if you guys want to, um, you, again, I, I've been saying this a lot. At the, the end of each show, uh, contribute in some way to the Bitcoin space. All Ricky and Laura did was start a podcast and then start a YouTube channel. That they weren't expecting any huge kind of payout from it but they wanted to do something to get the education out there and I'm sure people listening to this have got their own project up their own sleeves and you might just need that little bit of impetus to get over the line find people find like-minded people go and meet them go and brainstorm you we you are not alone there are more of us out there than you could ever imagine you can find each other now a little bit easier go and find orange pill app that will be released soon on android as well start making real in person in real life connections so we can really make 2023 a special time for bitcoin uh a big shout out as always to the show sponsors thank you to those companies out there that make it easier for us to stack the sats that we need to free ourselves from the fiat system in the us you can use swan bitcoin Across Europe and the UK, you can use Coin Corner and Relay. And globally, you can use Hoddle, Hoddle. All links are in the show notes. Just click through and apply code BITTEN when necessary. Uh, use the shiftcrypto.ch forward slash BITTEN and then use the code BITTEN to get 5% off your signing device to make sure you are in control of your own keys. That's what we are here to do. And uh, yeah, the Linktree link is there. You can go and find discounts to the Prague conference that's coming up, the Miami conference. And you can also check out wasabiwallet.io to run perhaps your first ever coin join or to test a different service. Uh, it's entirely up to you where you take this, but it's definitely worth you guys diving into that rabbit hole. Appreciate everybody listening. Take care. And have a great new year.